It's good. It sucked. It's meh. Everyone has an opinion, but only I have the balls to tell you the truth as I see it. You want to know how good a movie really is? Well, sit back, kick your feet up, because you're about to witness a common man's review. Let's get this mother started out right as another past and present movie review episode begins now. First of all, let me apologize. I plan to have this out on Thursday, but I've been sick as a dog, some of which you can still hear in my voice right now. But I couldn't wait any longer. I had to talk about Better Call Saul. What's up? It's your boy Enigma back for another past and present review episode. And this was the finale, basically the final season of Better Call Saul, the whole Breaking Bad universe ends I guess with this for now anyway and there's a lot of things that I wanted to discuss so there was a lot of people who asked me why I didn't give a podcast for the first season uh well not the first season the first half of the season breakdown and I thought about it it was similar to what I did with the um the Ozark but the difference is with the Ozark I wasn't as vested into the show as i am better call saw like the ozarks it's a good show it's a good series great characters and everything but i knew that if i didn't record the first half of that season i probably would have forgot half of what happened so it worked out better with that with better call saw i am totally vested in what goes on in this universe i know all the characters i hope intimately you know to be able to describe them so i really was looking forward to seeing how this all flowed together so i knew i wouldn't forget what happened um in the first half of the last season and of course to the final season now my first thoughts on this was and it was a controversial one is Better Call Saul is actually better than Breaking Bad. Now, the excitement's kind of died down a little bit, so I've kind of gotten my head together. I don't think it's better than Breaking Bad, but I do think it's right on par with it. Now, the thing about it is, what makes Better Call Saul such an intriguing show is, I think it enhanced Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad on its own is still a great show, great series, one of the best of all time. Better Call Saul without Breaking Bad, though, it wouldn't be as good. So it's really the lore of Breaking Bad that really made this show what it was. And that's what made the show really good. And that's what I really, really enjoyed. It basically enhanced the entire viewing pleasure. And the way it enhances the viewing is we get backgrounds on Saul, obviously, since the show's named after him, Mike Armentrout as well, and we also get some great new character additions to the Breaking Bad saga, Nacho, Kim, and Lalo. Now, when people make a series, a prequel or whatever, you pretty much, it's kind of hard to do because the main characters involved, like Saul Goodman, Mike Armentrout, uh, Gustavo Fring, we already knew what happened to them, so we were never really in any tension over, oh my god, what's going to happen to them. The characters we were obviously worried about, at least I was, was Nacho, Kim, and Lalo, because these were the ones who were new additions to the show, and these were characters 
that we hadn't seen in Breaking Bad. We've heard them mention it. And well, let me point this out too, since I'm on that subject. The writers created an entire world off of one simple line in Breaking Bad, which is brilliant. This is when you know you have brilliant writers. The fact that they took one throw-off line that nobody even paid attention to in Breaking Bad and created an entire universe is just awesome. It's just great. Anyways, I got a lot to talk about, so let me go ahead and jump right in. Now, I'm not going to go episode by episode because I'd be talking for way too long. So let's just jump into the first big surprise of the season. They started out the season continuing off the botched hit on Lalo that our boy Nacho set up. Now, out of the new characters, Nacho is definitely my favorite character. I don't know, something about him, you know, he is with the cartel, but he isn't like them. And it was just that guy that you wanted to root for. And what I thought was going to happen in the first half of the season I didn't think Nacho was going to live, obviously, because one, he's in the cartel. Two, he just had this whole thing that he did with Lalo and the cartel, the uh, cousins and everybody. They're looking for this man. And I didn't expect him to live. But what I didn't expect is for him to die the third episode into the season. So they caught me off guard with that one. Um, and let's give Michael Mando. He deserves a award for what he did, you know, not just this season, because it was only a few episodes, but just for previous acting and the conversation he had with his father, he really put up the acting chops on that. It was a great scene. Um, it was just awesome to see, but it was sad because I just thought we had more time with the character. I figured that since we were getting about six or seven episodes in the first half, you know, the first maybe five of them, you know, we'd be talking about um, just watching them trying to track him down and kill him or whatever. But he went out like a G in the third episode, and I thought that was pretty ballsy move for the writers. Um, it definitely caught me off guard there, and I'm glad he did because they showed, like in the background, a little torture chamber that he was about to go to if he didn't kill himself. But he went out like a G, and I enjoyed that episode. It was It was one of those episodes that you just... They kept you on the edge of your seat. You know, again, everybody in the episode, especially at the end, when they were at the, uh, I guess, I don't call it a sit down, but where everybody was meeting, it was like, you're watching that, you're like, damn, every last one of these people in this scene is dead with the exception of Nacho. Well, that's where Nacho ended his life, but it, it just goes to show you how much has happened between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. All of those characters in that scene were dead in Breaking Bad. You know what happened to them, except for Nacho Varga. And we got to see what happened to him in that scene. So it was it was sad, but, you know, I, I understood they had to do it for story-wise. But, yeah, that definitely caught me off guard. Another scene that caught me off guard, too, was Lalo. I'm going to talk about it here in a little bit. But, um, well, hell, I'll talk about it now since we're talking about the demise of characters. So Lalo, another one that caught you off guard. So this is the second half of the final season. Now the first episode, so I'm assuming that, okay, this is going to take us down to the wire. And in that first return episode, <laughs> Lalo is killed by Gus. And the way they did it, again, it caught me off guard. It was such an exciting episode. Matter of fact, 
when that episode was over, I actually wanted to stand up in my living room and applaud because it was such a great episode. The way they put it together and the demise of Howard Hamlin, which is another one. I'll get to Howard, though, in a little bit. But now every time you watch Breaking Bad and look at that stupid lab, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I just can't believe they're working in this lab where Howard Hamlin and Lalo are both buried under the concrete. So they were there the whole time. Obviously, we didn't see because they're buried within the lab. But, I mean, geez, they just didn't waste any time, and it was great. And I enjoyed that part of it. And the cartel stuff, it was wrapped up nicely and really, really added onto the Gus legacy. And, you know, one of the things I was joking about when I first saw the episode where Lalo, well, not the, it was the one after Lalo got killed, I believe. Um, Gustavo, it may have been the first one too. I'm, I'm just a little, you know, foggy head on this. But when uh, Gustavo calls Lyle and tells him that he's going to need him to open and close the store for the next few days, you know, I felt bad for Lyle. I'm like, just imagine getting that call. Like, I'm opening, thinking I'm getting off at probably around let's say four o'clock, three or four o'clock or whatever. And now I'm being told I'm going to have to close. Oh my goodness. For three days straight. I think he said, I mean, who's the real villain here? <laughs> you know, Gustavo, he was wrong for that one, but you know, Lyle seemed to be okay with it, but it's, it's hilarious in my opinion. All right. So they wrapped up the cartel thing nicely, but what was Saul and Kim actually doing during this time? So, the first half, what they were working on is they were trying to make Howard look like a drug user. Um, that plot line was slow at times, but it did serve its purpose at the end. So they were basically trying to make him look like a cokehead or somebody who's hooked on drugs or whatever because they were trying to get the Sandpiper money released. Basically, Howard, he was going to try to stretch this thing out as long as he could to get every penny that he could, but... Saul and Kim wanted the money now, so they had this big elaborate scheme to make him look like a drug head in the eyes of all his peers and everything like that. And like I said, it was a little slow at times because I'm really trying to figure out where they're trying to get with this. Now, Howard, he's one of those characters I wasn't worried about trying to figure out what happened to him because for all we know, he was in the Breaking Bad universe he just was separate from Jimmy. I mean, there was no need for them to interact. He just was around. I mean, he wasn't attached to the cartel stuff, so I would have never thought that anything was going to happen to him. And obviously, how wrong was I? So picture that scene. Basically, Howard's in there after being made to look like a fool. He finally figures out that it was Jimmy and Kim all along. And he shows up at the apartment going off. And they had the little flicker candle thing, which was set up beautifully. And when that flicker air candle thing hit again, you see that the door opened like somebody else is in the house. And then walks Lalo. I didn't think in a million years that Lalo would kill Howard. I mean, if anything, I thought he would have killed Kim because we know she didn't make it to Breaking Bad. Howard, like I said, I really didn't think about him either way because he wasn't part of that world. Howard was just a normal guy, and he really didn't deserve a lot of things that happened to him. So just kind of throwing it back here. When Jimmy, I guess most of his anger towards Howard 
I mean, it, a lot of it I don't really understand because a lot of the things that Howard did that were wrong wasn't necessarily his fault. It was because of Chuck. And so Chuck was the one pulling the strings on Howard. I think Howard himself really had no issues with Jimmy for the most part. I mean, I know they bumped heads and all this things, you know, and all that stuff. But Howard was actually a pretty decent fellow. And he's probably the most tragic person who died in the series because he had nothing to do with the cartel. He had nothing to do with that life. And he shot and killed right in front of Jimmy and Kim. He deserved a lot better. All the stuff that that he did towards Jimmy was at the behest of Chuck. Now, you could say some things about him and Kim's relationship or whatever, but yeah, that right there, that 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 just really came out of left field. So that was that storyline for the first half of the final season. But it again, it's one of those things that just kind of caught you off guard. And then we had to wait all the way till July to find out what happened that night. So again, Breaking Bad creator, um, the the creators, they did a great job. They did a great job. They, they were always good with storytelling. And you can really tell that they set this up and left us on you know, just trying to figure out throughout the whole summer or build up to the summer of actually what happened there. Um, so kind of moving forward past that, and I'm jumping into the whole Kim thing now. So, you know, they had their, the whole episode where Lalo was trying to use Kim. Well, he wanted to use Jimmy first, but Jimmy talked Kim into it. He was like, yeah, Kim, you take care of this. He just wanted Kim out the house. And I thought he did. It Again, Bob Odenkirk, he did an exceptional job. He just wanted to get his wife out of the house. He didn't care about his life. He's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But at least get Kim out of there. But Kim is a ride or die sister because she showed up to where she was supposed to. And she had the gun ready to open up on Gustavo. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Kim went there. She could have just went to the cops or just got out of there, which is what I think Saul wanted. But Kim loved Saul so much that she was going to actually do the job. So after all that's done, um, Gustavo takes care of Lalo. Mike and him cover up the body for Howard Hamlin and they go over their story and everything. Kim leaves. And initially, I was disappointed because I'm like, this can't possibly be the end of Kim for the series. She just left. I mean, is that what y'all are saying? That, okay, well, this is how Kim, the reason why she's not in Breaking Bad is because she left Jimmy. It felt so anticlimactic. And I just, I don't know. It it, it kind of let, let me down. That part did let me down. But obviously that wasn't the last we saw of Kim. So we jump into the black and white episodes and it's one of those things like you almost forgot because so much was happening with the cartel, with Kim and Jimmy doing the whole hustle for Howard thing. I mean, you almost forgot that the show was about, you know, Better Call Saul and you almost forgot that at the end of the previous season or right, right around there or somewhere in there, not the end, but somewhere in there that... Saul or Gene, as he is in this uh, incarnation, that Gene said he would take care of it himself. Like, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> it, 
And so we started the black and white episodes. Now, I'll admit, those episodes started a little slow for me. I mean, the whole job at the mall thing, it just really kind of was like, eh. And, you know, saw a meeting with his mother and all that type of stuff. I mean, I really didn't care because I'm looking at it like there's only four episodes left, okay? Y'all have time for this? And it, it just really slowed up the pace. But again, just like always, there was a purpose for them doing all of this. And we eventually pick up and kind of see Gene trying to connect back with Kim. And here's the thing about Kim. So the black and white Kim version, she's gone with the blonde hair. She has, I guess, brunette at this point. And she's living a life that just looks totally sad and pathetic. And I'm just being honest with you. That life looks horrible. Imagine working your entire life to become an exceptional lawyer and to end up selling pool supplies or sprinkler system or whatever it is she was selling. Obviously, they wanted to show that Kim's life had gone you know, complete 180 from where she was with Jimmy. The thrill is gone, as the song says. And when Jimmy tried to contact her and to really discuss, you know, see how she's doing and things like that, Kim's thing is she's happy that he was alive, but she wanted him to confess. And, of course, Saul's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Why would I confess? Everybody's dead. You know, I'm... The police can't find me. I'm good. Cool. But, you know, Kim, I guess she had this a crisis of conscience, I want to say. And she decides to head back over to Albuquerque and give her statement of the things that happened, basically admitting to what happened and also bringing it to Howard's widow. And I don't know. I just I guess she held the guilt for so long, you know, and that's what the whole bus scene was where she just bursts into tears and great acting by Rhea I want to say that as well but I don't know I mean after all this time why do it now I mean yes you're doing it because you told Jimmy to do it and you really just wanted to clear your conscience you just really wanted to get this over with but I mean it changes nothing in the grand scheme of things she didn't bring any evidence to anybody because she doesn't know where the potties are she doesn't know where the guns are she, she doesn't know anything all she knows is what she saw and it's really just her word and against nobody else's and you know the widow could choose to sue her for everything and i mean you know she sells pool supplies so good luck with that and saul's the one with all the money so i don't know it, it was just it was just crazy but whatever that conversation did it, it it really hit saul hard to where he decides i'm gonna go back to the old slipping jimmy ways and the problem is this is where the character trait starts to kind of change for me and i didn't appreciate this part so there's this is a part i didn't really like is when jimmy starts off with the cab driver and his friend and they're starting to do these little schemes and you know to get this information from all these wealthy guys and rob them it what i mean i understood what it was and it was a good plan but it's like why risk all of that and maybe he just wanted to get back into feeling like Saul Goodman again. I don't know, but it, it was just too much. It was just, I understand you were upset with the conversation with Kim, 
but you've come a long way and to just risk it all for this i mean i don't know that that was just too much and then you're working with an idiot who knocks himself unconscious running through a store that right there would have been enough for me i mean you're not dealing with legitimate guys here you're dealing with idiots i mean the fool had one task to do basically go through the mall pick up all the the items this was the first scheme that he was just trying to get leverage on him for and he slips and falls and knocks himself unconscious which is insane i'm like who does that that is just dumb and this is the people you decide to go work with saul it made no sense and in my opinion i don't think saul would have done that but maybe he was just on the 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 end i mean maybe he just he was just at the, his wits end i don't know but it just didn't make sense to me for saul to actually risk everything with that guy now by the final job this was just again unsaw like so basically saul is like hey we put together all this job i'm still going to go do this job so he goes and does it personally which is dumb and he takes his time. He had actually gotten away with everything. He was outside of the home. The cab driver was there. Everything was good. And then Saul decides, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go steal the watches. I'm going to go drink some of the alcohol. I mean, it just, I guess part of it is once a crook, always a crook. And the thrill of the job just kind of gets you that adrenaline pumping. But it was just dumb. I mean, it just... I guess Saul just didn't care anymore, and it, you could really tell. And then the whole end of the episode, or end of the job, was just ridiculous. And then the idiot, once again, <laughs> he he makes a move. Instead of slowly driving his car away or just getting out of Dodge if he thought he was in trouble with the police, he decides to try to take off and runs into another car. And just dumb. It was just absolutely stupid. The entire final job could have been avoided. Saul just did too much. And make no mistake, I understand we got to get towards the end here. But that was just dumb. It, it really was. Um, and then, of course, uh, the cab driver's mom was able to discover Saul's identity using Ask Jeeves, of all things, which I thought was a little funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, his relationship to the cab driver's mother, it, it was just... You know, there was a point in me that actually thought Saul was about to strangle this woman. But then I realized Saul is a hustler. He's not a killer. And as much as he wanted to do that, you know, and I think he really thought he could do it, Saul isn't that bad. He's not Walter White, okay? Walter White would have killed the woman probably at, at the end of his stage, but Saul wouldn't have done that. So we get to the final episode. And they actually captured Saul pretty quick. Again, something I didn't anticipate. I figured he'd be on a run t until towards the end, or at least middle of the episode. But yeah, they caught him up pretty quick in the dumpster. Um, and then he gets arrested. And I understand, you know, one of the things that made, I guess, the ending unique is the fact that Saul was in his arena now, you know, as a lawyer, he hires the old attorney that he used to work with at uh, Albuquerque, which, I, you know, obviously I didn't understand why they brought him in in the first place. But he realized that he was able to nego negotiate his sentence down to seven years and an ice cream delivery, by the way, which 
for what he was facing was exceptional. And I understand in the end, Better Call Saul is like a love story, really, between Jimmy and Kim. But it didn't make any sense for him to take 86 years. And I get that he wanted to show Kim, I don't know, part of him to where he basically admits his wrongdoing, the thing that she did as well. But he's not really saving her with anything because she still can get sued by the widow. She really wasn't brought up on any charges anyway. So, I mean, I really didn't understand his concept. You could have went and did the seven years and been fine with it and been out. And then you get out of jail. You can kind of try to make amends with Kim and just, you know, things like that. But, you know, 86 years, this is what he ended up with. So he's going to die in prison. And to do that for Kim, I think that's what he was doing. He saw what she did and he figured he's going to do it too. And it was just very un-Jimmy-like. You know, I mean, like I said, it's a love story. He loves Kim. And this is a big gesture that he wanted her to see. And... I get that part of it, and I get being actually taking responsibility, and at the end of the show, I guess that's what both uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is about, is living with the consequences of your actions, and Jimmy, he had seven years, literally seven years, you go to prison, you're out in seven years at a good prison, by the way, getting Friday deliveries of ice cream, it was just perfect. And he negotiated all of that only to throw it away in a grand gesture of love and understanding for Kim. I mean, maybe I'm missing the concept. If you saw it differently, let me know your thoughts in the comments. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me because you're talking about 86 years. 86 years. I don't know. What Saul is what? About 50 years old maybe in the show? 40, 50 years old? You're not getting out of jail, even with good time. Then they sent him to one of the prisons that he didn't want to go to. So basically, you lost all of your leverage, all of it, just for Kim. And she, I get it. You know, I get that whole gesture thing, but she's free. You know, this isn't going to change her life too much. She's free. You have to live in jail for the rest of your life. And I like the you reap what you sow type deal, but I don't know. I guess that was just, I've heard people say that was him letting Jimmy go. and I mean, not Jimmy, but letting Saul go and becoming Jimmy again. But Jimmy was a hustler too. So I don't know. I don't know. It was anticlimactic in my opinion. I liked the ending. I liked the way that he took responsibility, but I just didn't like the way how he did it. I mean, you know, they brought in Marie from Breaking Bad. So maybe if she would have said something that really would have gotten to his heart, maybe it would have been a little more well-received in my opinion. But I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. But overall, this is a fascinating show. This is one of the greatest shows of all time. Better Call Saul is going to be one of those shows that's going to be talked about for quite some time. You had great actors, great actresses. You have great, brilliant writing. And this is just me touching on just a little bit of what happened or what I thought was probably the 
um, top things in the final season. And looking back at it from the beginning, a lot of it has to do with Jimmy's relationship to his brother Chuck. And I'm just going to throw this in here. I think one of the most devastating moments that I saw on this show is when Chuck basically said, you really never mattered that much to me. And I thought that just broke Jimmy's heart because Jimmy, he was a man who could have been a good man. Yes, he has slipping Jimmy. He has his ways. He does things that are obviously borderline illegal or not borderline. They're actually illegal at times, but he became a lawyer all to impress his brother. He wanted to live up to his brother. He wanted to really have that love that Chuck just would not give him. Chuck just kept seeing the hustling Jimmy, slipping Jimmy. That's all he saw. And he didn't want to give him any credit because he broke his butt, what Chuck said, paraphrasing, to get where he was in life. And Jimmy just kind of slides on in there with ease. He just, it was a jealousy between the brothers and all Jimmy wanted was love. And Chuck couldn't give it to him. And so if Chuck would have just given him some sort of support and love throughout the series before he died, then maybe Jimmy doesn't become Saul Goodman. Matter of fact, I know he wouldn't become Saul Goodman. So it goes to show you just that projection. And then Jimmy just needed the love of Kim. And he's willing to give his entire freedom for it. And yes, it's a grand gesture, but a stupid one. It's 86 years. I don't know they came up with that number, 86 years. My God, when he sat down, he was just facing 30. <laughs> so all they were really looking to give the man was 30. And he even jumped to 86 years based off of the emissions that he gave. It, it was just terrible. But I'm not saying that the final was terrible. It was just a terrible situation is what I'm referring to. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Did you enjoy the season finale of Better Call Saul? Or did you enjoy the final season um, altogether? Let me know your thoughts in the comments as always. And if you want to check out some of my creative work, go to www.enigmakid.com. That's www.enigmakid.com. I'm going to miss this show. I'm going to miss everything about it. It was one of those shows that I definitely wanted to watch in real time. Some shows I can wait and watch, but not this one. I enjoy this show. From beginning to end, it's a very sad day. I am going to miss Better Call Saul. It's your boy Enigma signing off. Deuces.